Welcome back, friends, to Hope is a Prayer Away. I am your host, Pastor JJ. And in today's Bible study, we are going to be looking at boasting about helping the needy. And as we look at Jeremiah 9.23, this is what the Lord says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom, or the powerful boast in their power, or the rich boast in their riches. Secondly, let's look at James 4, verses 16 through 17. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good, they ought to do it. And doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Psalms, 1, Psalms 10, verses 2 through 4. In his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak who are caught in the schemes he devises. He boasts about the cravings of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the, the Lord. And in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. And all his thoughts, there is no room for God. Psalm 75 Verse 4 through 5. I warned the proud, stop your boasting. I told the wicked, don't raise your fists. Don't raise your fist in defiance at the heavens or speak with such arrogance. And we find that false teachers, as we've covered, false teachers love to boast. And my favorite epistle in the whole Bible is the book of is the book of Jude, but it's an epistle because it's only a page. And in Jude one sixteen it says, These people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. And in 2 Peter 18 through 19, for they mouth empty, boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of the flesh, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves of depravity. For the people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. So do not boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what will happen. James 4, verses 13 through 15. Look here, you who say, Today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or do that. Proverbs 27 verse 1. 
Don't brag about tomorrow since you don't know what the day will bring. We are saved by faith. If we were justified by works, people would be saying, well, look at all the good stuff I do. All the glory belongs to God. Amen. And Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 9. For by such grace you have been saved through faith. This does not come from you. It is the gift of God and not the result of actions to put a stop to all boasting. So we are saved by the gift of God, not because of anything we do, friends. And that gift is free. You don't have to give anything, not even one penny to the church or to a pastor or nobody. Romans three twenty six through 28. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justify those who have faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. Because of what law? The law that requires works? No. Because of the law that requires faith. For we maintain that person, for I'm sorry, for we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Let other people do the talking. And I want to introduce you today to a very special young man. Um, and his name is Marcus Lynn Mookie Betts. And there's a story behind this young man going out to feed the homeless at 2 a.m. And I will read you the story that was printed. After a successful game two, Mookie Betts, who is a baseball player, I do not know him, I have no affiliation with this young man, arrived home to tons of Dominican food. And when he couldn't finish it, he went to feed the homeless in downtown Boston. And this article was written by Stephanie Epstein on October 26, 2018. Mookie Betts, as, they call, as he is called, is generally listed at 5'9 and 180 pounds, but the man can eat. He has been known to go out to dinner, then get home and order delivery. So after game two of the World Series in which Betts went three for four, and his Red Sox took a 2-0 series lead over the Dodgers, he was thrilled to see the frankly preposterous amount of Dominican food awaiting him and five others in, the back of, in, in his back bay apartment. He had placed the order with David Ortiz, who's another baseball player, who had apparently thought Betts was feeding the 40-man roster. That's too much, said his mother, Diana Benedict. That's too much, agreed his father, Willie Betts. Mookie and Cam Lewis, his best friends in seventh grade at Oliver Nashville Middle School, insisted they could eat it all. 
a countertop full of chicken, steak, rice, beans, vegetables, and even flan for dessert. And I got to tell you, my wife makes the best flan ever. And I love it. They stuffed themselves, but finally they admitted defeat. And normally they would feast on leftovers the next day. But they had it, they had early flights to Los Angeles for Game 3 of the World Series. We should go and give it away, suggested Willie. Lewis remembered the line of people who usually sleep, wrapped in blankets, shivering on cardboard boxes, abutting to, to the Boston Public Library on nearby, on nearby Boylston Street. It was nearly 2 a.m. and 37 degrees, but that was true for the homeless people as well. So the two wrapped themselves in three layers of down and wool and headed out into the night. They grabbed a shopping cart from a nearby parking lot and loaded it with tin foil trays, plastic silverware, napkins, and wet naps, and some of the cases of bottled water that body armor which Betts and Dorses had sent. They gently woke a few people to offer them dinner, and within a few minutes, close to 2,000 men and women were eating. Thank you so much, someone said. We were, we were hungry all day. Now this is the part that really made me a fan of Mr. Betts. Betts has declined to comment on the night. But that is the point that Lewis makes to Sports Illustrated when he retells it. Those people were hungry. Betts and his friends and family were not. We didn't think it would be such a big thing, Lewis says, of the media attention the story got once a passerby called into WEEI radio. It was just the right thing to do. They purposely did not take their phones or tell anyone what they had planned. In fact, even that term is too strong, he insists. Going forward, they would like to distribute blankets and warm clothing to area homeless, and they would and they would publicize that to help raise awareness. But in this case, it was a simple act of, of spontaneous kindness. And that's what makes this story so lovely. None of the people they serve recognized Betts. No one cared that he will likely be the MVP of the American League, that his team won a franchise record 108 games this season. And his two wins away from a title. No friends. Betts did not act in his capacity as Bookie Betts, whose jersey was the fifth most popular in the majors this year, who inspires MVP chants at home and on the road. He acted in his capacity as a human who had the choice between, between doing the right thing and doing the easy thing, and he made the right one. Betts is baffled at the attention, or by the attention he has received, says Lewis. They all are. 
For we so often ask our athletes to belong to us. Put your fork down and take a selfie with me. Put your child down and sign an autograph for me. Tweet exactly what I think you should believe. And then endure my hostility when you strike out or you miss a shot. Take less money to resign with my team. But they do not belong to us, the fans. They belong to us, the humans, as we belong to each other as well. And these days, it can be easy to forget that. But on Wednesday, bets did not. The whole excursion took about 30 minutes, whereupon they discarded those layers of clothing and went to sleep for they had to get up early to fly to Game 3. Mr. Cam Lewis and Mr. Bookie Betts, you are both human champions, or champions of humanities, and both of you, God is watching. And I, I tell you this, at some point in your lives, you will see that His blessings will come upon you and yours and things that neither of you can control. Be it the health of a loved one, a relationship that one of your family members may be involved in that is no good for them. But I guarantee you, you will see the right hand of God, of the Lord, step in and intervene on both of your behalves. And I got to admit that this story hurts a little bit because I'm a Yankees fan. <laughs> but I want you to know this as soon as I heard about this story. And since that day, I became a Marcus Lynn Mookie Betts fan. And your fan also, Mr. Lewis, for you guys did the right thing and humbly. And I pray that his blessings will always be upon you and yours today and always in Jesus' mighty name. And let's look a couple of verses. And you know, before I get to the verses, I just want to say that so many times athletes, movie stars that are in the public spotlight, they do things and I don't think that they do them for bad intentions. But they'll do things and they'll say as an example, well, I gave a million dollars to this or I gave 20 million to that. Friends, if you do that, that's your blessing. For you see, God blesses those that give silently that do acts like this of what Mr. Betts and Mr. Lewis did. Those are the acts that God praises. It's not boasting about helping the poor. It's doing it silently that brings your blessings. And it's not the amount of money that you give. It's what you do and that you give it from your heart 
quietly. Now let us look at a couple of verses, please. Proverbs 27 and verse 2. Let someone else praise you, not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips, like they thanked Mr. Lewis and Mr. Betts while they were feeding the line. Someone said, thank you, we hadn't eaten all day. Also, check your motives for doing things. In 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 3, it says, If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of, the, and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clagging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Anyone that gives or helps the needy and makes it known as to how much they gave will never, ever receive a blessing from the Lord. Matthew 6, I'm reading out of the NIV. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees of, of those times. But there's Pharisees and Sadducees today. Because if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. For truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And I want to share with you an exercise in humanity or exercising in humanity that I think will change you and your family's life forever. And I'm talking to people that are reaching their point of burnout. And I would like, please allow me to share something that you can do that will humble you by the love and the thankfulness that you're going to receive from the people that you're helping. And it's just like I'm sure Mr. Betts and Mr. Lewis felt when they were helping the less fortunate. God bless them both. And these are the correct these are the these are my recommendations that require your time and not just sending money to a charity to make yourself feel better. Number 1 Donate your time to, for example, a food kitchen and helping to prepare a meal for those in need and 
asks that you be allowed to serve them as they come through the line. And wait for your reward. When most people that don't have two nickels to rub together, sincerely and full of gratitude towards you, look into your eyes and they thank you for helping them. Friends, trust me. That's just going to enrich your heart. And remember that they don't know that you're an AV-rated attorney, a top surgeon, a nurse, a baseball player for the, for, for the Major League Baseball, an NFL player, an NBA player. No, friends. They're thanking you from the bottom of their hearts. I also encourage you to maybe donate your time and help the elderly. Help an elderly neighbor or a disabled neighbor and help them with their yard work. You know, I did Meals on Wheels, delivering food for the needy. And I have to tell you, that is the best non-paying job I've ever had. And I received more from the people that I took food to than what I, I, I can't even explain the gratitude. I felt so good doing that. And that's why I tell you, I've also done the uh, food kitchens. Friends, it's going to change your life. Trust me. You can also make a posting on on social media, that you're making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches if you can't afford anything else, and going to city parks that are frequented by the poor, and sometimes many war veterans, and feeding them will fill your heart with emotions from those in need that thank you from their hearts. This is about you being actively involved so that you can reflect on everything he provides for you and yours. And I share with you these aforementioned suggestions to help getting you grounded once again and to thank God for all that he gives you and your family and for the opportunity and the experience that he gave you as you help those in need without any fanfare. No cameras, no interviews, no blasting social media. For what you did, no, it's not about you. It's about the persons that you helped. And your Lord praising your good deeds from heaven. And let me get back, because it comes to my mind now, as I was doing the, the food lines. You're going to find kids, children, that after everyone has been fed, will come back to you and see if there's any extra cookies that you can give them. And I assure you that that will touch your hearts when you see kids that don't have anything to eat. 
Just recently, I had a couple of friends. I'm sorry. Just recently, I had a couple of friends that had some of the brilliant legal minds and thriving legal practices in the United States. One was a top-rated, AV-rated criminal attorney, and the other was a top-rated AV civil attorneys. Both commit suicide. And for the privacy of their remaining families, I won't publish their names. However, it is my belief that both of these attorneys who I knew for quite a while, I believe that they caught up in the materialism world and focusing on money. And this is my belief that both were empty inside. Both were devoid of Christ Jesus in their lives. And both ended their lives prematurely while at the zenith of their professions. And friends, sometimes all of us need to recharge our batteries and get grounded again. And do and give to the less fortunate. And in doing these acts of charities, these people that you're going to be helping, they're going to change your lives. Trust me, they will change your hearts and lives with a simple thankfulness for all that you've done for them. And friends, God also sees what you're doing and he will bless you and he will protect you. Now, when it's accept, when is it acceptable to boast? And in 1 Corinthians 31 through 1 Corinthians 2 verses 1, Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And so it was written with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom, as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. 2 Corinthians 11.30 If I must boast, I would rather boast about the things that show how weak I am. Amen. And Jeremiah 9.24 But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am the Lord who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth, and that I delight in these things. I, the Lord, have spoken. Amen. And friend, if you've never accepted Jesus, and maybe you've heard of Jesus, but maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ, I want you to picture this in your mind, if you would, please. I want you to picture yourself extending your hand out, waiting to greet someone, and the person just walks by. And now I would like for you to equally think of our Lord reaching out his hand to you day after day, month after month, year after year, and you just walk by. But you know, friends, 
We are so blessed that God is not waiting to punish you. No, friends. He wants to have a relationship with you. No matter where you are in life. You may be one of those persons that was sleeping in one of the boxes outside of the Boston Public Library where Mr. Betts and Mr. Lewis came to feed you. Friends, he loves you. And if you would like to accept Jesus today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and you can pray along. Heavenly Father, I pray for forgiveness of all of my sins. I come before you, Lord, and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. I want to take your hand this day and from this day forward walk with you. I want you to guide me. Speak to me, Lord. Love me, Father. Father, you know the situation that I currently find myself in. Please, Lord, give me hope. Make a way for me, Lord. Please, Father, I pray this, and I receive your sacrifice on Calvary that you made for me. In Jesus' mighty name. And friends, if you said that prayer, I do believe that you're born again. I encourage you to please find a good Bible preaching and teaching church. Go to your weekly Bible studies. Go to your Sunday school studies. Go to your sermons on Sundays. Take copious notes of all of the information that you gained during that week. And then I'm going to ask you to go and buy yourself a Bible that you can read and understand. That's very important. There are different versions, so take your time. There's no shame. You go, you keep looking through the Bible, and you see which one you feel more comfortable reading. And then I want you to get all of the materials that you, you got from that week. And before you start getting into the Word, what we do in seminary is we pray. So I would like for you to pray. Ask the Lord to give you understanding. I would ask you to ask the Lord to give you remembrance. And friends, all of the information that you learn from those studies, apply it to yourself first. So then you can apply it to someone else. And remember, like the Apostle Paul just said, let us be humble. Let us teach humbly. Let us work for the Lord, for he sees what we're doing. And let us not be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. No, let's be like Mr. Betts and Mr. Lewis. Amen. And friend, I always close out all of my podcasts in memory of the late pastor John H. Osteen. May he rest in peace. And he would always close out all of his TV sermons with the following phrase, which is definitely the best phrase I've ever heard. And he would say, keep Jesus' first place in your life, and he will take you places that you've never dreamed of.
Amen. Friends, thank you for taking the time and the privilege of being able to share Christ with you. And I will look forward to talking with you tomorrow on our podcast. May his blessings be upon you and yours today and always. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you.